Welcome to the Every Believer Witness podcast, the podcast that's dedicated to helping ordinary believers just like me, just like you, share or begin to share or grow in sharing the good news of our Lord Jesus Christ. Today is a very interesting podcast because I'm going to give you three tips or three pointers on witnessing. Now, let me say right up front, I'd be very arrogant if I thought I could give you some earth-shattering, breakthrough, magic pill, silver bullets about witnessing, because there have been thousands and thousands of books and video series done by godly people about sharing your faith. But I'm going to share three tips that I believe have just been most important in my life that I found to be most important as far as remembering and thinking about when I'm sharing my faith. Here's the first one. It's different sharing your testimony in one-time meetings than with regular friends and acquaintances. In other words, if I'm going to meet someone one time and I'm never going to see them again, I'm going to try to give them the whole gospel, if at all possible. I'm going to try to, as I say, dump the whole load. But if it's a friend in my life, someone that I have regular contact with, then I'm not going to be intent and focused on trying to dump the whole load. Probably better a little here, a little there. And frankly, it may be that you need to clear the air to get a fresh start. Do the people at your school, do the people at your job, do the people in your family, do the people in your neighborhood, do they know by your life that you're a follower of Jesus? Or would they not have any idea you were because of the way you're living? Or if they do see that you're a Christian by the way you live, have you ever shared the gospel, the good news of Jesus with them? Now, remember, we're talking about different sharing your testimony, your story. Now, there are all kinds of ways to witness, to share the gospel message, but I'm convinced, that's why we call this Every Believer Witness, that the easiest, simplest, and most biblical way to deliver the gospel message is when we use the vehicle, the package of our own personal story, my life before I met Jesus, how I met Jesus, my life since Jesus came in. But suppose where you work, They don't know that you're a Christian. They don't know you're a follower of Jesus because your life's not been reflecting it. Then I want to encourage you to go to work tomorrow and go in and you have opportunity to one or to the group just say, I I need to ask you to forgive me for something. Forgive you for something? Uh, What are you talking about? Well, I don't know if you realize or know or not, but I'm a follower of Jesus. Uh, I really am, and I've just been really feeling bad and convicted. I've not been living like a father of Jesus should around here, and I just want you to forgive me for that. Blankety blank blank blank. What are you blank? You talking about? Um, I, I shared that uh, for many years in leading every believer witnesses principle, and on more than one occasion, I've had factory workers and office workers come back the next day and say, Dennis, I want to tell you what I did today. I went into the factory. Uh, as, as a guy in Alabama said, let me tell you what I did today. I went in that factory and I told them guys I, wasn't, I was a Christian, but I, I'd not been living like it, but I was going to start. 
I've had office workers talk about calling an entire department together, or I've had workers talk about sharing with a coworker, asking for forgiveness. But suppose you've been living a godly life, but you've never shared the gospel. You can do the same thing and say, uh, Mary, I need to ask you to forgive me for something. Forgive you for something? What, what are you talking about? Well, you, you may well realize that I'm a follower of Jesus. You know, I mean, when I was when I was just 11 years old, Jesus Christ came into my life and forgave me and made me a new person. And we've been working together for a number of years. And and I just don't think I've ever shared with you about exactly how that happened and what God has done for me He'd do for you. And I just want you to forgive me for that. I've had many people talk about doing that. You see, then the hair's clear and you can get a fresh start. I don't care what you've been living like or acting like or talking like where you work. Or if you've never, ever shared the gospel with a coworker or a classmate or a teammate, hey, get a fresh start. Then you'll be able to begin to share a little by little. Here's the second tip I want to share with you. Biggie, biggie, want to remember this, expect mixed results. When you and I go out sharing our story, everybody's not going to say, oh, thank you, thank you, thank you for telling me about this. Um, one of the greatest illustrations of it is when the Apostle Paul preached a sermon in Athens. And it says in, Athens, in Acts 17 about his message, it said, when they, the people who heard his message, heard about the resurrection of the dead, some of them sneered, but others said, uh, we want to hear you again. A few men believed. Let me kind of paraphrase that. He preached and some of them said, oh, that's a bunch of mess. That's for women and children and weak people. <laughs> Jesus stuff. But others said, you know, um, Paul, I'd like to, uh, like to learn a little more about this. I'd like to talk to you again. A few men believed. Same message, three different responses. And I tell you, I like it when the responses are all positive, but that's not the way it goes all the time. One of the joys of my life has been serving about 15, 16 years as a law enforcement chaplain. I was with the Gwinnett County Police Department in suburban Atlanta, big department. And then I served with the Paulding County Sheriff's Office outside Atlanta, a smaller but a big department. Um, and let me illustrate about mixed results. I would be out riding with officers all the time, trying to get to know them, uh, just being their friends. So they begin to develop a confidence in me. And one day, Jason came to me and said, uh, my fiance and I are getting married. We'd like for you to officiate the wedding. I said, well, I'd be honored. So uh, I said, I have premarital counseling set up. And as long as you go through that, nothing unforeseen comes up. I'd, I'd be delighted to do it. So we set it up. Jason and Danielle would come to my house on Sunday afternoon at 2.30. And so the first Sunday afternoon, Jane and I are sitting in the living room. Doorbell rings. Go to the door. Jason comes in first because Danielle doesn't know me, and he introduces Danielle. I introduced Jane, and she kind of excused herself, went to the bedroom to pray. And uh, we sat down, began to talk. And uh, they sit over on the sofa. I sat in my easy chair. And I said, Jason, you're asking a chaplain, a minister of the gospel, to officiate your wedding. Obviously, you're interested in having a, a Christian wedding. Uh, are, are, are you a Christian? He said, I sure am. I said, tell me about when you became a Christian. He did. Sounded good to me. And I said, Danielle, what about you? Are you a Christian? She said, I sure am. I said, tell me about when you became a Christian. She did and, and sounded good to me. And I, at the time, I didn't consciously think about it, but I just began to share a little bit about my story. And I shared, it was a very relaxed setting. I shared about how 
once I had come to realize I'd been an agnostic, but once I began to realize this stuff about Jesus was true, I really wanted to, Jesus to forgive me, and I wanted eternal life, and I didn't want to go to hell, but I wasn't ready to surrender control of my life. And so many times in church services, when there was a come forward invitation, or, or they referred to it as an altar call, I would go down front and I would kneel and say, oh God, I want to be saved today. I want to be saved today. But what I meant was, God, I want to get out of hell free past today. I want to get out of hell free past today because I didn't want Jesus running my life. I still wanted to run my own life. And then I told Jason and Danielle about when I finally surrendered riding down Interstate 40 that day. So I give them an assignment for the next Sunday. The next Sunday they come in, doorbell rings, Daniel comes in first, Jason comes in second. I said, Jason, how are you? He said, I'm wonderful. I said, you are? I said, to what do you attribute being so wonderful? He said, I got saved. I got saved. I said, you told me you were saved, Jason. I said, he said, oh, I know I told you that chaplain. But he said, when you shared about how you didn't want to go to hell, but you didn't want Jesus running your life, you still wanted to be in control. He said, I realized that's exactly what I'd done. And he said, I went home and I got on my knees beside my bed and I asked Jesus to come in and forgive me and take over. And he said, it's been so good to go on calls this week and not worry if I get killed. I know I'm going to heaven. I wasn't even trying to lead Jason to the Lord. That's the power of the gospel. And so we want to be sharing our story. And when we do it with the gospel in it, sometimes you're going to get those kind of results. And then sometimes you're going to get other results. Not too very long after that, another officer, Steve, came to me said, uh, chaplain, my fiance, I get married, went through the same thing with them. We set it up. They would come to the church on Monday morning at 930. That fit their schedules the best. So the first Sunday they come in and I'm on one side of the desk and they're sitting on the other. I said, uh, Steve, you're asking a chaplain, a minister of the gospel to officiate your wedding. Obviously you're interested in having a Christian wedding. Are you a Christian? He said, nope. And I turned to JJ and I said, JJ, are you a Christian? She said, nope. Well, they were in my office. They wanted a favor from me. I dumped the whole load. I gave them the long version of my testimony. When I finished, neither one of them had any interest in trusting Jesus. For about six or eight weeks, we, went, we were going through premarital counseling, and I gave them books. I gave them videos. I gave them audios. At the end of that time, neither one of them, and as far as I know to this day, have never trusted Jesus Christ. See, I did the identical same thing with two different people, two different couples, but I got different results. And that's what happened. I could tell you story after story from neighbors to flying on planes and meeting people to talking to them in hotels that the fact is just expect mixed results. And by the way, guess what? Bill Fay wrote a book entitled Share Jesus Without Fear, and in it he rightly points out, if you do it, if you share, you can't fail because our job sharing, God's job is saving. We cannot make someone respond. We just want to be faithful messengers for our Lord Jesus Christ. And then here's the third tip on witnessing. Remember, inviting people to church is good, but it is not quote, going, end quote. And here's what I mean by that. In Matthew 28, Jesus said, therefore go and make disciples. 
And, and go is a participle word in the Greek. It's an ing word. It's a routine work. It's an everyday thing. Uh, making disciples is not a once a week at a specific time, but as you go all the time. And making disciples, and I'll talk to you about this in an upcoming podcast, but making disciples is simply a synonym for winning people to Jesus. That's what it is. Because he said, go and make disciples, baptizing them. Who do you baptize? Who is the them? Disciples. So people become disciples when they trust the Lord Jesus Christ. And so in that effort, as we're going to make disciples, inviting people to church is a method that works, but it's not the same as going. And by the way, it's not nearly as effective today as it used to be. But however, inviting folks to church is good for special events. It's good for Christmas plays and youth events and wild game dinners and special programs and golf outings. But inviting people to church is a method that works in 21st century United States. Go to Afghanistan today. Try inviting people to church. See how well it works there. You see, Sharing Jesus is a principle. Inviting people to church is a method. A method works sometimes, but principles work all the time everywhere. So we want to be inviting folks to church. I do that, but don't substitute inviting folks to church for sharing the good news of Jesus. If this podcast has been an encouragement to you, please let your friends know about it. And feel free to email us with any questions you have, with topics that you would like to have covered. Our email is simply info, I-N-F-O, at E-B-A-W dot O-R-G. That's info at E-B-A-W dot O-R-G. Until next week, remember, Jesus is coming soon. Let's help as many as we can of our family and friends be ready. God bless.